When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are going to have some fun here as the Democrats are losing their mind over the January 6th anniversary. They're actually going to have, and I'm not even making this up, a candlelight vigil on the steps of the United States Capitol tonight. They've already spoken, uh, Barack, uh, Barack Obama, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in uh, the early morning to try and set the agenda of this day. More importantly, over 330,000 kids in Chicago, still not in school, kids all over the country, Atlanta area kids, uh, so many different kids not in school, not being paid attention to COVID setting all time uh, headlines. I saw you, Buck, tweet, and I thought this was great. That Biden wore a mask to walk up to deliver his speech, to take the virus seriously, and then took off his mask to begin his speech. I just want to thank him for making sure that no one got COVID in uh, those uh, that that dastardly four seconds that he spent walking up to the lectern. That they're that open about how this is just theatrics. And we're supposed to take all of their proclamations seriously. It's it's stunning how stupid they think everyone is willing to be. A lot of people are, unfortunately, but not all of us. I actually think this is not landing in a very significant fashion for much of America, this anniversary idea, because one, most people are aware that there's no real existential threat to American democracy. Two, Kids are going back to school or parents are having to cover for kids not going back to school at the end of the winter holiday. By the way, six inches of snow pummeling the city of Nashville right now, Buck. It's like I-95 in Virginia on steroids. I was just telling you off the air. People in the South cannot drive when there's snow. People are panicked about that. And then there's still a ton of people who are legitimately terrified of COVID thanks to all the fear-mongering from Democrats for the past two years. And we continue every single day to set new highs for COVID infections. But 
We're not going to spend all day talking about the Democrats memorializing January 6th, but I did want to play a couple of cuts for you. First of all, uh, the uh, number two here, Kamala Harris compared January 6th to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. I swear this is real. Listen. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941, September 11th, 2001, and January 6th, 2021. I mean, come on. I wish I could use expletives on this show right now. Now, Kamala is saying democracy is under assault because people didn't believe that Joe Biden was a democratically elected president of the United States. Well, guess what happened in 2016 when Trump got elected? Much of the Democratic Party lost their mind and spent five years arguing the only reason he was president was because of Russia, including Kamala Harris, who went on the radio and said she did not believe that Donald Trump was the legitimate president of the United States. Elections matter. When you win an election, you get to set the rules. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what thing. I'm scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. So, again, as a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, I will tell you that we should believe exactly what the intelligence community has told us which is Russia did interfere in the election of the president of the United States in 2016. He says Donald Trump's not the legitimate president. Yes. And then Kamala says, you're absolutely right. Yes. You, you could hear this. And let's just be very clear about what they did do for four years. They created a fabrication. Okay. They, they can talk about Russian Facebook bots until, you know, the, all which, day long. By the way, it was but, almost no money there. Which, which is absurd. Spent. No one who yes. understands how the internet works thinks that that meant anything significant. Yes. But they did create essentially a coup narrative from within the government itself of we need to get rid of this president. He's a Russian spy. He's a Russian asset. Then the 25th Amendment got talked about. So they were trying to use, through lies and through abuse, the mechanisms of our government itself to get rid of a duly elected president. And now they want to lecture us about the sanctity of democracy. Now now they want to, you know, 95% of the Democrat Party basically went along with the Russia collusion lie. A few hundred people actually got violent and out of line and broke the law on January 6th. Every conserv- every mainstream conservative con- uh, commentator you can think of, everyone you can find. I mean, I actually was tweeting expletives about how they need to knock that you-know-what off as soon as I was like, this is a terrible idea. What the heck? Because you knew are- what was going to happen. The Democrats course. were going to use it forever it, as evidence it, it of how a, Republicans don't believe in democracy. It was a blunder because the Democrat Party had spent months, and this is another thing we need to focus on, had, had spent months being the riot party. Being yes. pro-riot, yes. using riots to terrify their political opponents. Remember this, everybody. The 2020 election happened under duress. And that's just not my analysis. There were photos all over the media. And it was meant to say, you bet. They were amplifying the message of businesses boarding up and, and getting ready for anarchy in the streets. 
if Trump won because yes. Biden voters were going to riot. So there was essentially a, a an implied threat yes. all across the country of you guys better not actually vote for Donald Trump or else there's going to be anarchy. It's going to be, you know, Mad Max in the streets. And that's not just in rhetorical terms. People believe that they took action based upon that. Yes. So the election was held under duress. They had riots for months. What makes me so angry is that a few hundred people in one fell swoop, unfortunately, now have at least muddied the waters of the obvious narrative, which is that the Democrats were the riot party. They were the only ones. Right. The Tea Party was countless gatherings of patriots being law abiding, friendly, decent and and amazingly so. I mean, they were you know, they were all gathering together afterwards to clean up the litter. Uh, that was left. You make sure there were no placards left behind or anything. That was the Tea Party's legacy. And, you know, they're going to exaggerate this as they are today. And they're trying to do everything in their power to leverage this as a club to bludgeon everybody into silence about the Biden regime's failures and to try to taint everyone who ever voted for Donald Trump as an insurrectionist. I mean, it's, that's right. It's it's all lies. But it, we we have to understand what the purpose of this is and how they're going to try to use it against the opposition to Biden going forward. Because, you know, Clay, you don't buy it. I don't buy it. Obviously, the people listening to this overwhelmingly know what's going on here. How close was the last election? How many people do they have to convince the reelection of Donald Trump would lead to more political violence? Not that many. So with all the crying and the gnashing of teeth on CNN, we can view it as silly histrionics, which it is, but it is to a purpose. These people, you think of the commies as people that are ruthless, and you'll understand them much better all the time. Well, I think they're panicked, Buck. And they're panicked because they got a once in a hundred years pandemic, which allowed them to change the mail-in voting rules, the absentee ballot rules. It allowed all sorts of chaos to ensue. They got Donald Trump as their president, right, who they could run against, which really is the fever dream of the left wing of the Democratic Party. It's why they so desperately cling to him. They need an old white guy who is not going to apologize for being an old white guy as opposed to Joe Biden, who's going to constantly be supplicating all of the uh, absurd left wing elements of his party. And they could run against Donald Trump as the fevered dream of the perfect distillation of what they were terrified America was, right? And they won, and I'm putting one in quotation marks because it's still a big mess. They won by 40,000 votes under their own tally of the electoral college and the overall votes. And people, I don't think, focus enough on this. We're talking about roughly 10,000 votes in Georgia, roughly 20,000 votes in uh, Wisconsin, and around 10,000 votes in Arizona. If 20,000 people had changed their mind in Arizona, in Wisconsin, and in Georgia. That's a tiny pinprick of the overall number of people who who, uh, voted in the election. Donald Trump would be your president right now. That's all it took. So they put everything they could, the big tech collusion, every major corporation in America getting in line behind the progressive agenda, not allowing many people to even share a story about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden being the big man and taking money from China and all the Ukraine connections and all the things that they claim the Trump family was behind for years. Turns out the Bidens were actually doing. 
They blocked all of that. They censored all that discussion. We had a fundamentally unfair political media, and they still barely dragged Joe Biden across the finish line by 40,000 votes. What do they really want us to do also? You know, there's there are a couple of things here that just don't add up. One is, I mean, to call this an insurrection is idiotic. Yes. Because no, no serious there, no person. No one has actually been yeah, charged with any of these crimes. With, with insurrection or with terrorism. But beyond that, it's not even just a, a legal matter. You can think this through. What what was the plan here supposed to be, right? When, when yes. someone's engaged in, let's say, a terror act, and it is thwarted in advance of, I used to do this professionally at the CIA and then uh, for the Intel Division, the NYPD. You might stop someone before they accomplish their aim, but you have to explain if you're going to charge them with a terror crime. Well, what was the plot, right? What was the crime? And here what we have is the allegation of the overthrow of the United States government in progress. Let's be very honest about this. When no serious person could think that that was going to happen, could have happened, or even really the aims of the individuals involved, except for a handful, perhaps, who honestly I think are are of not of sound mind, and I think that's been lost in a lot of this, too. I think there were some people that were emotionally uh, fragile who got caught up in this, and that doesn't excuse them from a legal perspective, but it does go to the, you know, if I think I'm going to, as a sole individual, you know, rule the city of New York and overthrow the local government here, that's crazy, and maybe I'm a, a public risk in some sense, but I'm not going to be able to accomplish that, right? I mean, it's, yes. it's not a serious thing that I'm going to rule New York City and, and overthrow the 35,000-strong NYPD, etc., so it's not a serious thing to call it an insurrection. But then beyond that, OK, well, what are we supposed to do about this now? I mean, we're having, as you said, the candlelight vigil and you have all these people weepy eyed on CNN and MSNBC today for their audiences about how, you know, we they, they stood tall and they prevented the overthrow of our government. Well, what, what, they're already locking these people up, treating them worse than you know, Al Qaeda plotters in some cases. I mean, they're actually getting worse treatment in some of these D.C. prisons than they do than they would have if they had been sent to Gitmo. And you say, okay, so they're being prosecuted. What do you, you know, the the Republicans aren't saying that this was a good thing or we support this or whatever. So what are we supposed to do about it, Clay? It's just a club to bludgeon everybody into submission for the idiotic Biden regime to continue failing. Yeah, and make no mistake here as we go to break. Think about what Kamala Harris said when she compared 9-11 and Pearl Harbor to January 6th. She's equating uh, American citizens who were upset about the election with kamikaze pilots in Japan who were trying to destroy our fleet in the Pacific. And she's equating, you know, a bunch of grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads who went in with selfie sticks and were taking pictures of themselves in the Capitol at worst were trespassing. With people who intentionally flew airplanes into buildings on 9-11. Well, we 2,400 people died Pearl Harbor. 2,403, I believe, of ours. Yeah, over, th- over 3,000 died at, uh, at, in 9-11. And in this situation, uh, what we're talking about right now, the only person who died was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by a police officer. That's it. Uh, Leg- uh, Legacy Box is the company offering you a super simple solution to digitize your family's videotapes and film 
and so much more. All those camcorder tapes, film reels, pictures and envelopes, boxes, all of it can be perfectly preserved into digital files. That allows you to see them again and share all those memories with family and friends. Legacy Box has done this now for nearly a million and a half families, and it's so easy to do. Get one of their special shipping boxes online, comes to your home, you fill it full of videotapes, films, pictures, slides, cassette tapes, and more, and you ship it to them in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where they will take care of it with their 200 trained technicians. Buck, you have gotten hooked up with this. It's a fabulous idea. How do you do it? It's so straightforward. You know, they'll ship the originals back to you, and they'll send you a digital file, and they'll keep you informed of the progress till you get these emails that tell you exactly where it is, and then it all comes back to you, plus the digitized version, so you can share those wedding photos, childhood photos, video of your sporting events when you were a young uh, guy or gal. It's fantastic. I love it. Kick off the new year by rescuing your family's most cherished memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Buck to take advantage of a great discount for you. That's LegacyBox.com slash Buck. One more time, LegacyBox.com slash Buck. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I've said it many times, and it's no more true or real when we think about the events of January 6th. We are 
in a battle for the soul of America. A battle that by the grace of God, and the goodness and gracious greatness of this nation, we will win. Welcome back to Clay and Buck Show. I promise we're not going to subject you to more bombast and absurdity by, uh, from Joe Biden, Kamala, and others today that is absolutely necessary. to Because here's the, here's the thing. Yes, on the one hand, I, I don't like that we will spend time even having to get into this because all the, the threat to our democracy and all these things. I, these are people who had a special counsel against a president to get him thrown out of office because they had convinced themselves that Putin was running the White House. I mean, they're they're out of their minds. But I also think that part of what we have to do here is to deal with the lies and to fight back. I don't want to cede the battlefield of ideas to the other side and let their megaphones go without response. And so that's why we're going to we're going to make sure that we balance it out. There's a lot of, you know, real things that are happening to Americans today. I know that it's the 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 hollow day of reverence for January 6th is what the Democrats are all going to be focused on. And it's it's just we knew they were going to do this. And if nothing else, I mean, one of the immediate frustrations in the days after this a year ago was, oh, God, now we're going to have Democrats for the next 20 years bringing this up as though we were all there. We were all part of the insurrection. But, Clay, I think it's important to, one, put it in put it in an actual reasonable context and also to not allow this to, to be said that uh, or, or to go without response because the Democrats were rioting for months and won't even talk about it now. They were terrifying communities across the country and had nothing to say about it other than they thought it was just fine in the run up to an election in an election year, no less. Yeah. And, and that's what makes it so infuriating is, I mean, Kamala Harris comparing January 6th to 9-11 in Pearl Harbor may be the dumbest historical analogy that any president or vice president has ever made that I have ever heard. And yet it's going to be treated solemnly as if that is a legitimate comparison to draw. And I think reasonable and intelligent people have to fire back against idiocy like this and let it be known, even though it is in some way setting the agenda and allowing this to be a topic of the day. It just makes absolutely zero sense at all to even contemplate that argument. I got to tell you right now. I want you to be able to save a lot of money on your monthly cell phone bills. How about $800 uh, of a year? How much difference could that make for your family, especially when you can join a company that is not going to endorse far left-wing idiocy? That's Pure Talk. You can get your cell phone service from Pure Talk. They use the exact same towers, the exact same 5G network as one of those big companies. But with Pure Talk, there's peace of mind. You're supporting a veteran-run business with principles that align with yours. Plus, Pure Talk's employees are all here in the United States. For those reasons alone, Buck and I are proud customers. And this is one lower monthly bill you can be proud to pay. It may be likely half what your current cell phone bill is. The average family on a plan saves $800 a year. Get your cell phones right now. Do pound 250 and say Pure Talk. That's pound 250. Say Pure Talk today. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. By the way, want to thank all of you. New all-time record in January. Podcast downloads. We surged over the 10 million number of downloads. And to kind of put that into context for you, Buck and I want to talk to as large of an audience as we possibly can. iHeart is the biggest podcast company in the world. 
uh, biggest audio podcast. I mean, they absolutely dominate at the number of people who download. Um, our show is one of the two or three biggest podcast download shows in all of iHeart. That doesn't even count the people we love, all of you, all over the 400-plus affiliate stations listening live on radio right now. This show is not only a radio juggernaut, it has become a podcast juggernaut as well, and that's because you are helping to spread the gospel of sanity in an insane world. And I know we're talking about January 6th, but I want to pivot here for a moment because you saw this, I think, and I was having some fun yesterday on social media uh, sharing the latest COVID data. And some of the Biden White House advisors over the time decided to hop in. They were really fired up that I would be sharing the data. And I basically just said, hey, if this is a COVID vaccine success story, what would a COVID vaccine failure story look like? And I shared the overall number of cases hitting an all-time high as we've been doing every single day. And then I went in and looked at the New York Times database here of United States vaccinations. And I think it's important because Joe Biden and his cronies keep referring to COVID as a pandemic of the unvaccinated, which is 100% not true. And I just wanted to share these numbers because I think they will stun a lot of our listening audience. This is directly from the New York Times. Percentage of people 65 and up who have gotten at least one dose of the COVID vaccine, 95%. I want to to make sure you understand that. 95% of people who are age 65 or older have gotten at least one COVID shot. But it's even more impressive than that. 18 and up, 86% of Americans, 18 and up, adults, have gotten at least one COVID shot. When they talk about the fully vaccinated number, and right now it's at 62%, they're talking about babies all the way up to the oldest people in America fully vaccinated. But getting at least one shot, like my boy Buck here with the Johnson & Johnson version, 95% 65 and up, 86% 18 and up. Those are monster numbers that no one talks about. I don't even know. Is there a is there a J and J booster that's available these days? I just I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't even I don't know. Think what you're the, allowed to get the J and J anymore. Is, is this now? You know, I'm supposed to just move on to something else here because you know, New York now, folks. There's a booster mandate that at least De Blasio put into place. Now they're really just pushing the vaccine mandate. The first, so if you already have a shot. But they're, they're going to push for the boosters, too. You know, our, our friend Ian, um, who I, I don't really know him other than on Twitter, but you know he yes. gets a lot of attention. This is what this guy does, because I know, Clay, you like he stats. Does fabulous we we work. both know Ian MSC is his Twitter handle. And he all he does is share data. He's just sharing the numbers all the time with some sometimes pretty amusing, snarky commentary. But it is all just data yes. that is official. It's not it's not, you know, him coming up with numbers from. You know, uh, crazy right wing antivax.org or net or something. And this was fascinating because, you know, Ontario is in a full on lockdown right now insofar as we do them here. Right. We haven't. And now people are starting to say, you've noticed this real lockdowns have never been tried, which I was saying in the beginning, because it is true in a sense. We don't do real lockdowns here. We do 
the Zoom work from home class gets to hang out and have other people keep the roads clear, bring them their food, cook them their stuff, you know, make sure the groceries and the uh, and the you know the drugstores are open. But so we've never done real lockdown. But the point here is Ontario has gone into a partial lockdown. You could call it. Did you see this data, Clay? He had that that he shared. Yes. This is from the official Canadian, you know, health, uh, their equivalent of, of CDC, in the hospital, but not in the ICU right now, fully vaccinated cases, 536, partially vaccinated cases, 42, unvaccinated cases, 236. Now, obviously, can- Canadians, they've gotten a huge number of them are vaccinated, so you don't have that large of an unvaccinated pool to begin with. That's a lot of fully vaccinated people in the hospital in Ontario relative to the overall numbers we're talking about here. Yeah, and it hardly gets talked about at all, which is why this argument that we have a pandemic of the unvaccinated, it, it, it is what it what it is not an exaggeration to say that is a lie. The data does not in any way support that. And even those numbers, I bet a lot of people who heard those, 95% of people 65 and older have had at least one shot. 86% of all people 18 and up have had at least one shot. I mean, those are massive numbers. So in order for there to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated, the 14% that have never gotten a shot at all would have to be overwhelmingly uh, to get to a million cases a day. The people who are mostly getting COVID cases are vaccinated by far. In the next 60 days, I believe, maybe in the next 30 days, you're going to see in the rhetoric from the White House and the CDC and the uh, the Fauciite apparatus. Senator Fauci's staying until the end. He's going to be there for as long as Biden's president. This guy thinks he's the only person who can go out there and represent this point of view effectively, even though he's deeply compromised, horrible at his job, awful judgment. But put that put that aside for a second, Clay. Um, I think they're going to move to treat the unboosted as the unvaccinated soon. The logic of their position is that they have to keep this going. Because otherwise, what will happen is, well, I got the shot. Hold on. Now my protection is where exactly? Particularly for those who are at risk, they're going to have to keep getting the shot. But then they're going to say everyone else has to keep getting the shot to lower the overall risk pool as well. So if you are unboosted, just just listen for the way they're going to change. The same way there's no more breakthrough case talk anymore, really. You know, we've talked about this. They're never saying, oh, my gosh, breakthrough cases are so rare. They were telling you that a few months ago. They're going to start saying... It's your patriotic duty to get boosted, not just to get the shot, to get boosted, which is also another way of letting everyone know this is a forever cycle now because there's no basis. If you look at the numbers, there's no basis for ever stopping the shot if you're going to make people get a second, a third, a fourth, even with the dropping fatality rate of the overall virus and even with the enormous increase in natural immunity in this country. But now we have to wonder... Look, do the variants evade at some level natural immunity? You know, we're big natural immunity proponents. Is it is it really preventing you from getting Omicron the same way that it prevented you from getting Delta? I don't know. I mean, these are questions that we might have answers to if the CDC actually cared. But as we know, they don't care about natural immunity at all, it seems. Which is why we're going to keep sharing whatever the rational, real, factual data is, as opposed to sharing what is, frankly, lies of the narrative that Joe Biden. I think you're right. I think he's painted himself into a corner. 
because they went all in with the vaccines are going to end COVID. And now what really they need to happen is for natural immunity, for everybody basically to get Omicron and hope, frankly, that it is providing protection against future variants because you know there's going to be more and more to come in the future. Uh, We've mentioned our favorite source for great coffee. In fact, we were doing this before the show started today, Buck. In fact, you were told that there was a huge supply of Black Rifle coffee in the studio, and you got all excited about I, it, and then... I know we had K-Cups. I mean, we got K-Cups yeah. for, for months here. We're, we're stocked, but I, I heard a rumor about the delicious Black Rifle in a can, yes. and then, womp, womp, shot down. We're out. Yeah, we're well, out. I've got tons of it in my house right now, which is good, because I'm in snowy Nashville, where six inches of snow is coming down right now, and I am drinking Black Rifle coffee right out of the can, the mocha-flavored version. I absolutely love it. I also love this company. They take on the com- uh, the the challenge of roasting coffee beans with the same mission focus they learned as military members serving our nation. They're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders with a portion of every one of your purchases. They bring in their own coffee beans from Colombia and Brazil. Incredibly high quality. They roast them in their facilities in Utah and Tennessee. It's a freedom-filled coffee, and you can join the club and pick your chosen brew, get it roasted, packaged, shipped free to your door on your schedule. Buck, how do you get signed up? I'm telling you guys, kicked off my morning with it. It is like rocket fuel for your day, and it's delicious. Purchase online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and use code BUCK20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com and use the code for 20% off your purchase, Buck20. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton show. I mean, I know welcoming you like we just started. I got kind of excited there. I got a little ahead of myself. But every time we come back from a, from a commercial break from one of our wonderful sponsors, it is so exciting for all of us. We want to talk to you. Uh, what are you feeling today? How are you feeling about all this stuff going on here? 800-282-2882, a Biden regime in disarray. A lot of people acting like the January 6th riot was the most terrifying thing to have happened in, you know, about 100 years. Well, I guess they, they'll compare it to 9-11, which is completely outrageous and and honestly, I, I would say disrespectful in, in pretty severe ways. Uh, but what do you think about what's going on? We want to get some of your calls today. We also have uh, our friend Julie Kelly, who's a writer for American Greatness, uh, who has been following very closely. I think this matters. I can tell you this. The left would never allow people associated with them ideologically to rot in prison in advance of an actual trial. That would They would never allow that to happen. They would be talking about civil liberties and our process and due process rights. Conservatives, uh, so too many of them and too many elected Republicans, still want to get a little pat on the head from the New York Times and from the Democrat elites. And, you know, maybe they want to be on the board of uh, Netflix or something or some think tank later. They go, oh, no, they won't stand won't stand up for basic rights and dignity of the accused. The accused, mind you, not even people that have actually been proven guilty of anything yet. Julie Kelly, I'm talking about the January 6th defendants held in solitary confinement in D.C. like they're in a gulag. It's absurd. We'll get into some of that with Julie Kelly coming up here in just a few minutes. Scott in Tucson, Arizona. What's up, Scott? Hey, good afternoon, guys. It's an absolute pleasure to be on the phone with you guys. You guys are doing an amazing job, you know, for Rush and big ups to Rush and mega dittos. Um, I want to say what nobody's saying. And this is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's not even a pandemic of the vaccinated. This is a pandemic of the unhealthy. Let me say that again, a pandemic of the unhealthy. It depends on how you take care of yourself. Do you wash your hands? Do you get regular exercise? Are you out in the sunlight? Are you a healthy person? And if you are, you greatly, greatly reduce the effects of COVID-19. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I appreciate the call. There's a lot of truth to this, Buck, that if we were going to mandate anything, what we should have mandated the first time we found out COVID was here was exercise. We shouldn't have shut down the gyms. We certainly shouldn't have shut down the parks. We shouldn't have shut down the beaches. We shouldn't have been arresting people, paddle boarding out in the ocean. Uh, it, the, the data reflects that if you are obese, you are under a much greater danger. And certainly also if you're elderly, which you could be in good shape and be elderly and still be at risk of an elevated level, which is why we've encouraged people, particularly the elderly, to get these shots because it does help them, our own parents. We are not as healthy as a society. Put put aside COVID entirely for a second, although I think COVID has very much, and I, I think our caller is uh, elucidating some of that. 
Uh, we are not as healthy as we should be, given yes. how wealthy we are, how advanced we are as a society. You know, a lot of us, and I've, I've lived this life, I know, cram ourselves into cubicles that screens 10, sometimes 12, maybe more hours a day, trying to grind it out, trying to be ultra productive. Human beings need proper rest, need sunlight, need time outdoors, need time to exercise, need to get the blood pumping. These are all things that now, of course, there are there are plenty of very, very healthy people who are doing those things. But overall, if you see, you check out our health indicators and compare it to a country like Denmark, for example, or compare it to a country like Japan. And we have a whole lot more of the comorbidities that are not a function of age, but a function of lifestyle and decision than other advanced societies, uh, advanced countries do. And, and I do think that it's time for us to think more about balancing that out more in life. Right. I mean, I, th- I think that that would be a worthwhile national conversation because we want everyone to be healthy. Right. We want everyone to live the longest, healthiest lives possible. Even if you don't get covid, if you have some of these problems, you're uh, cutting your own lifespan short and, and also just making your life more difficult in the process. But this is not what they want. People have been led to believe if you have a little card that says you have health care, you are healthy. If you have a little card that the government's going to subsidize, it says you're getting access to a doctor you're taking care of. That's not true. No doubt. And also this ties in with individual responsibility. You are responsible for your own health to a large extent, and you can make choices to a massive degree that help your overall health status, whether it's with COVID, whether it's with the flu, whether it's with pneumonia, whatever you might get sick with during the course of the summer uh, or the winter uh, in the viral season of, uh, of the cold weather when everybody goes inside, whatever you can do to make your health status better, it's going to help you everywhere. And by the way, the data reflects the better you are in terms of your health, the more efficient you are at work, too, which is why getting up and walking around sometimes when you've been sitting in front of a computer screen for so long is incredibly helpful just to the way that your thought process works. Duke in Biloxi, Mississippi, a place I've always wanted to visit. Duke, what's up? Hey, man, y'all are doing a great job, Buck and Clay. What I wanted to say was I'm tired of being called the unvaccinated. I want to be called the control group. <laughs> I mean, it actually is. None of these vaccines were ever tested against a placebo. I'm the placebo. I want to be called the control group. Duke, have Thanks you, for the call, have by you, the way, have you been... had COVID? Oh, yeah. How'd you do? Yeah, July. Oh, you know, I had one bad night, like flu, flu-like symptoms, and had hydrochloroquine. And uh, then four days of fatigue, and it was all over. I woke up on the fifth day, and I felt as good as I've ever felt. Duke, glad that glad that you're all good to go, my friend. Thanks for calling in. I mean, Clay, the amount of of um, anger that is being directed by the top of of the political apparatus in this country toward the unvaccinated is terrifying. But I will point out that again, Australia somehow is the craziest. I think it's because they believe they can shut themselves out from the world and they could have stopped this whole thing entirely, which they clearly can't. Highest caseload ever there, too. They're out of their minds in Australia. They hate the unvaccinated from their we government. Might, we might be there if we didn't have federalism. By the way, I've been to Biloxi, spent a week one night in the Beau Rivage Casino. 
uh, down there on the uh, on the Gulf Coast. They've got uh, casino gambling there. It's an interesting place, uh, the Beau Rivage. i got to go check it out. We're going to have Julie Kelly with us from American Greatness on the January 6th Defendants, held for months, in many cases, in solitary. We'll talk about this coming up. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 